0: Hey guys, welcome to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. This episode is brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. I hope you guys enjoy. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. Today, I've got Mr. Jason Shaw on. Jason, thank you so much for being here, brother. It's an honor. It's an honor for me, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to chop it up. Jason is, real quick, before I give the bio, Jason's like, as far as like friends within my, my circle of work, like one of my favorite friends I have, we connect, yeah, we've connected a bunch and I've had a really good time so far and we'll dive into our relationship a little bit. But real quick, for those of you guys that don't know anything about Mr. Jay Shaw, here's just a little bullet point list and we'll go through a story. Um, So grew up in St. George. There's four kids in your family. So you have three three siblings. Your dad's a lawyer and your mom's a hairdresser, which I did not know. You spent how many years working with Aptiv?
1: Um, I was in the pest control game for seven years.
0: Seven years. Right. Um, and then you switched over to Vivint and then first year you were an area director, sold over 200, absolutely took off there. Um, and now, now you're an alchemy sales coach and you're blowing up at Vivint even more solar smart home, the whole game, which is dope. So Jason, again, first and foremost, thank you so much. And I'm stoked to kind of, kind of in with it. Rewinding a little bit. We've, so we've connected a couple times within alchemy. We get to do a lot of stuff together. When we were out in California is when I kind of learned your story a little bit more on like a personal level. And I like, that's when I was like, okay, I really, really like this dude. And I'd actually met you the year prior at a 2,500 retreat. And I was like, yeah, I mess with him heavy. And then at the Alchemy Summit is when we actually connected and 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 chopped it up a little bit. But let's let's rewind way back. So you're from St. George.
1: From St. George, born and raised, my whole life. Okay. Um, mom and dad are went to high school in St. George, same high school I went to, Dang. and uh, the whole family runs deep. My grandparents are from Beaver, Utah, which is a awesome place to be from. Um, And my dad's parents are from Southern California. And so that's kind of why I spent a lot of time in Southern California, a lot of time in Utah, but yeah, born and raised All my aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody's there. We just ran amok.
0: So I, I went to the same high school as my mom, actually, and all my uncles and everything like that. And there's always these weird connections, right? But growing up in the same city, your parents still live there. You lived there, grew up your whole life in St. George. What was the dynamic growing up? What was your family situation? What was your experience as like a young kid and then moving up?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, looking back now, I realize like how blessed and how like set up our family was luckily um since we have been there for a really long time, my grandpa was super successful and i had a lot of like good mentors in my family like uncles dad grandpa mm. and so we had my family has a pretty good like foothold in st george and i didn't realize like going to the grocery store going to the games like in high school like my teachers know my parents and i know every f- small town usa right like yeah. st george is that tiny but this kind of like being part of the good old boys. And so I knew everybody, we got connections everywhere. That's part of the reason why I'm still, while I'm still there.
0: At the time, like, I feel like that could be, that could be interpreted one of two ways. Like you could either love that or that could be, hell. Yeah.
1: Right. And how,
0: how did you experience that when you were really little?
1: That's a actually a really good point for coming from a good family and like a lot of really successful people. A lot of times people are like, damn, I would love to have that mentorship, which I'm really glad I had. Um, What I did not have growing up was like a deep level of self confidence, Mm. and so more than anything, I felt like I was like drowning from the family name and from like the the high level of expectations that were that were held just because of how many successful people were in my family. Mm. It was almost like, uh, how the hell am I going to measure up? Type thing, and so that's why I'm glad that I found this uh, this industry and the self improvement and stuff that grown and changed so much like if you would have met me five years ago did you wouldn't even have recognized me
0: a thousand percent and like when we had chatted originally a long time ago back in that retreat like you had told me a little bit of this and i was like there's no way because you are i mean you walk into a room you have absolute swagger absolute like not self-confidence in a way that you're like the cocky guy that walks in but you can tell when somebody's comfortable in their own skin and also when they're authentic and genuine and I think that's why I liked you off the rip like I really really liked you off the rip but but on that when you were so when you were younger and you were lacking self-confidence and you felt like you were kind of living in the shadow of your family name how did that affect like when did you notice that cuz it's i mean it's like where did that start playing an effect on your life how did it affect your life and when did it kind of end like
1: it's funny cuz growing up like again, like you're just kind of living day to day when you're young, right? And everyone says like hindsight's 20, twenty I'm a dad now. I got three kids and my oldest is seven years old. And I see a lot of myself in him. And I realize that even like in first grade, which is how old or what grade Madden's in, I can see that like a lot of the identity stuff, like I was already experiencing at that age. Mm. Um, and so I think that a lot of my first few years of my life were very much like, uh, me trying to prove something. My two older brothers were like absolute units studs and, um, trying to like measure up to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, was obviously not a great time, but it, I noticed it really, really early on. I just thought that's like, that's the cards that I was dealt though. I, I had a very fixed mindset in the sense of like, this is who I am. This is who I'll always be. And so when I said mm-hmm. I'm, like, super grateful for the industry, that's, like, what showed me, like, what a growth mindset really is. Yeah. And the fact that it's, like, nobody's dealt, uh, you know, like, cards that they're less – Adequate or like inadequate. an impossible hand. Yeah, nobody's exactly. de-
0: everyone's dealt different hands, but nobody's dealt an impossible hand. Exactly. So, and, and I'm, we're going to dive really, really deep into kind of that transition. But before that, even so g- growing up in high school sports, you were trying to live up to your brothers in what ways through sports family? Like what was that dynamic? Were yeah. you like the black sheep brother, like doing your own thing?
1: So I was like the nice sensitive, soft brother. Mm. And I still, I still very much am right. Like my oldest brother, John was pretty quiet, but he was like a track star, good kid, never really got in trouble. Great grades. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle brother, Ryan was a hellion. Like he, uh, he ran a for real. <laughs> and, um, he, he definitely like put out a big name. Like everybody knew me as like Ryan's little brother. Mm. And, um, he was super aggressive, super confident, super, um, We'll talk about this a little bit more, but like, there's a big difference between having an ego and being egotistical. Mm-hmm. And I witnessed him at a young age, like being egotistical, putting on a show, and watching it work. Mm. And so I kind of stepped into that, that like facade of living behind this fake self confidence, and mm. I, I watched that, and it helped until it became real.
0: For sure. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And then coming up through high school, as you're coming out of high school, what was life like? What was your situation? You're like, okay, I'm going to go to college, yep. like. Obviously, you got good grades. It seems like, and you 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 held your own, and you just kind of. It seems like you kind of autopiloted through. If you're the nice, like friendly, sensitive yeah. brother, you probably just autopiloted, didn't get in anyone's way. I
1: think like when I found my knack, like in eighth, ninth grade, and like started to like come into my own. Right, mm-hmm. I found that I am like. Witty and funny, and so I could make like people uh, like light of a situation by making people laugh, right? Yeah. And so in high school, I was that, and my mom would like always get mad at me, and I would just turn it around, make her laugh, and instantly I was out of trouble.
0: That's amazing. And
1: <laughs> so that was a, a super fun um, thing that I was able to experience for a while. And then right out of high school, I got great grades. I knew I was a good talker. My dad's a really successful attorney, and then my mom also is. Own salons and is a hairdresser, and I got all these entrepreneurs in my family. Yeah, and so I knew that
0: extends even. Sorry to cut you off. That yeah. extends to your aunts and uncles, does it mm-hmm. not? Yeah,
1: grandparents, aunts and uncles. I don't have a single aunt, uncle, grandparent, nobody that's not self-employed. That's and crazy. I thought that was normal. Yeah, and so it's like growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do it big. Yeah, and I got good grades, good enough ACT score that I was going to law school. That mm-hmm. was like was my plan after high school. And in high school, I was actually like. I was wild um but mostly with the ladies. I wasn't like partying or doing anything crazy. I was focused on like getting good grades, being a good kid, and I'll party later. Yeah. And um so I I did all that and was like finished with my associates when I found our industry.
0: That's so sick. And That's so, dope. So yeah. then finished where did where did you go to college?
1: Just same same old Saint George Utah.
0: There you go. So yeah. Saint George went to college and then you see, you keep singing our industry and a lot of people are going to know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, but you found door to door after your associate, so how old were you at that point?
1: Um I was turned 20 my first summer.
0: So you turned yep. 20, turn 20 your first summer. Yep. So you found the industry, you found pest control door to door, summer sales. Yep. And what was the first introduction? Like, oh yeah, I'll do it because of this.
1: Good story. So um, I born and raised in St. George, Utah at the time, really, really small city. It's gotten a lot bigger, but still pretty small. All, as you know, all the friends, all the homies, all the families and stuff, very strong into like the religion that's prominent in Utah, right? Very mm-hmm. LDS. And I was not, and I don't have any aunt, uncle's Cousins, nobody that is. Mm-hmm. And so, a little bit of like um, when I was 19, my grandpa was always preaching about like it's important to go on a mission. And he didn't mean like an LDS mission, right? He's like, I don't give a shit if you join the military, if you go to the Dominican Republic and teach kids English. Like, you need to get out of this little bubble of St. George, Utah and go mm-hmm. experience life. And so I was living on a golf course in like a penthouse for free, because we know everybody in St. George, with my girlfriend at like 19 years old. And we had the whole thing <laughs> that's to healthy. ourselves. Yeah, it was yeah, lit, That's right? healthy. <laughs> it was lit. Um, and one of my buddies was over. And while we were there, a kid that I've known from high school came over. He just got done with his first summer, made like 25, 28 grand, something like that. Yeah. And he was telling us that he would give us 250 bucks to sign up. And I was like, I can move out of St. George. I can live somewhere. They're going to set up housing. I'm already going to have a job and I can have an experience outside of Utah. And I get 250 bucks. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Immediately signed on the spot.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> on, on that, to emphasize it though, like you, I've never, ever heard someone say that because predominantly LDS is, that's a religion here. And people do serve these two year missions. And I'm actually a huge fan of them. I think they're yeah. one of the best things someone could do. But your grandpa's outlook of go and serve a mission, not in that sense. And potentially in that sense as well. Yeah, Obviously it fits the mold, but in any sense, go join the mill. That's so cool. And I think my, my assumption as to why he would say that is because that's like your rite of passage into manhood. Exactly. Into being an adult. Definitely. and and you grow up immensely. So then you sign up on the spot for 250 bucks and obviously it turned out to change your life in a lot of different ways. That for 250 bucks sure. is the best money you've ever made yeah, for sure was, the most valuable money you've ever made. 100%. So fill me in on that. So how was your experience? You went out, where did you go? Where did you move to? What was the experience?
1: So, um, I signed up like in March and end of March, I had zero training, didn't know the pitch. Didn't even think anything about it, right? I'm like 19 years old, about to turn 20. I'm like, we're just going to send it out there and I'm going to sell some shit, right? Um, we went to Phoenix, Arizona, which I did not know that it was 120 degrees every single day all summer long. <laughs> I had no idea what the apartments were going to look like and just was like, I'm going to go and commit because I wasn't committing for like the uh self development. I wasn't committing for the income. I was committing for like the uh, the deposit of the experience in my life, and knowing yeah. just like I always have that chapter. Yeah. And so I didn't need a ton to commit to it, right? And so I just decided um, we we sent it down there. We got down there. I remember knocking my first door and thinking to myself like I have no idea what I'm going to say. No idea. <laughs> and I made seventy five bucks a sale all summer long. It's amazing. didn't matter if I sold a thousand accounts or if I sold 15, same exact percentage the whole time. So I, uh, we just went door to door, to door, to door, to door. And, um, at the end of my first month, I actually was dead last in the entire company. And I'd always been like pretty good at everything that I tried. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that like, I realized that I wasn't going to ride through life just on like basic, basic natural ability. Yeah. I was always really good at like talking my way out of stuff. Yep. And like um, bullshitting a five-page paper and getting a good grade on it <laughs> and just like long-winded 500 words, no problem. Right? Yeah. And in my first month, I called my dad. I was so broke at this point. It was me and my now wife. We've been together since like ninth grade. We lived in like a little two-bedroom apartment down in Phoenix. I was so broke that I had to make my car payment on my WRX. I had like a Subaru at the time, right? And I, I got my first paycheck. I was expecting like 750 or a thousand bucks, which at 19, I was amped. I got 250 bucks. Cause I missed like the draw by one account and I wasn't aware. I just didn't know what was going on. And so I tried to straight up pawn my 32 inch TV. I'm like the only thing I'm going to be able to do to like make it work for now. And I remember like just tears in my eyes just hit like rock bottom. I felt like such a scrub because the kids that I was working with on this team, like I go to our morning meetings. I'm like, how, like, how are these kids just walking on me? Yeah. And, um, out there going in between each door, just like, basically the way I describe it is like, I was pouring acid on my flower, wondering why it wasn't blooming <laughs> and just telling myself like this story of like, I'm the worst person on the team. I shouldn't have came out here. This was a mistake. I can't sell anything. Just, you know, how we get into those stories. Yeah. Um, and it ended up my, I tried to quit I really did. I called my dad one day and I was like, pops, like, this isn't for me. And, um, I can't do it. Like, I don't have enough money. I don't have to even like go get food. Like we are all the way broke. And that was like my first rock bottom yeah. of many. And, um, in this industry, as you know, as my <laughs> first low point. And, uh, and he told me like, dude, you're 19. You just turned 20 years old. Like as your father, I can't allow you to quit. Like I'll see you in August. And I was like, well, that's not the answer that I was hoping for or expecting, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, next day, he just out of the blue, never talked about it before. He just sends me a book, As a Man Thinketh. Mm. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I read it. I didn't know that it was like, you know, like I hear about the book every day between you and Casey and Tony Robbins and all these people. But I just opened up this little pamphlet that my dad probably found for free on iBooks and just sent to me. He was like, this probably work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that changed my life for real. Like over the course of like three weeks, I finished, it took me three weeks to finish a 49 page book. And, um, I was a completely different person by the end of that book. And I just, I watched the, the true, the truth that like, as my mindset changed, my results changed. And that's like the spark that lit the bonfire of moving me from a fixed mindset to a mindset Mm. growth mindset is like with enough training with enough like improvement with enough like of me building these skills and working on the right things and having the right habits and implementing the right knowledge like yeah. i can go anywhere yeah and so by the time i left i was like one of the top rookies i still only made 8 grand but i uh had an incredible experience and that like really did like kickstart everything that you see right now.
0: That's amazing. And we're gonna we're gonna continue, but I kinda wanna I wanna dive into something real quick. So believe as funny as it is, as a man thinketh was the first book Casey had me read when I when I started reading my my mentor, he gave me as a man thinketh was 49 pages and he paid me to read it. Otherwise I wouldn't have read it. So I'm surprised you finished it in three weeks. I wouldn't have finished it if I wasn't getting paid. But after reading it once, I went and collected my money, gave my book report and I was like, okay, cool, on to the next. And then I That's a book that I've consistently for over a decade now, I go back and I reread this book like multiple times a year. And I think the reason I do it is because confidence is something that's so easy to lose and so hard to gain. And what it really does, it just, it, it literally goes in for me, it instills extreme confidence that I control everything in my life, regardless of what's going on around me. Yeah. And that, that was why it was so impactful for me. So I'm, I'm glad you bring up Asman man. Think of what, what about it pushed you to change? Like, yeah. did you believe it? Or were you just like, oh, I'll try it. I have nothing to lose. Or like, what about it clicked for you? I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. It was brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. Now, I typically don't run ads, um, but I feel very strongly about Alchemy Sales Coaching. I started doing one-on-one coaching with Doug back in 2019. And since then, I have gone and not only blown up my career and my earnings, Um, but it's really helped me through just the ups and downs of life. Now, the reason I feel so strongly about Alchemy is because it's a group of individuals not only focusing on furthering their sales career, but they're diving deep into inner work um, and becoming the best version of yourself so you can show up and be the best version of yourself. Um, Not only that, if you have any interest in doing any one-on-one coaching with me, I exclusively do all of my one-on-one coaching through Alchemy. Um, so for full access to me, go and check out Alchemy. I think you'll absolutely love it. It's alchemysalescoaching.com. We will also go and post, um, the links in our bio and on stories, et cetera. So go check it out.
1: I'm glad you brought it up. Cause it was, it was almost like a survival. Like, um, I don't have any other option, but to believe it like growing up and I don't, I haven't talked about this a ton, but growing up, like I had, debilitating anxiety, truly. Like a lot of my managers that still work with me today, first four or five summers in a row, like I'm throwing up from anxiety every morning roll up to area, open the door, puke on the ground, go out, sell everybody. Um, But I, uh, (laughs) but I, I dealt with like a lot of self doubt, a lot of anxiety and stuff like that growing up. And I had taken like very high levels of medication from both like ADHD medication, as well as like anti anxiety medication, Mm. basically like the strongest legal dose that you can take from like sixth grade to 20 years old every single day. And I was so dependent on like these prescriptions and stuff like that. And, um, that book, it made, I don't, it just clicked. And I was like, dude, this is like, I, I keep trying to run away from everything. I keep trying to take a, a medication that's going to resolve a problem. I keep trying to call my dad when I'm out of money. I keep trying to flee from this job when I'm like at the bottom and I'm embarrassed and like nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. And so I just decided like, well, this dude probably knows better than I do. I don't write a book. I didn't, I never wrote a book. And so I just was like, um, I say this a lot to my rookies. It's like, if they don't know, put on a show. And it's like, yeah. I just, I'm just going to embody this as if it's 100% truth yeah. and we'll see where it goes. Cause at that point, like almost embarrassed to say, like, I didn't have another option. Like I I wasn't, I couldn't doubt. I didn't have time to doubt. I didn't have resources to doubt. Like I had to think, I had to like put my ego aside. Yeah. And and like, what maybe you were doing
0: wasn't work. working. And the, so you just said the key, I think of all of it, like what you were doing wasn't working. And first thing you did was you didn't quit. That's the first right thing. The next thing that you did that so many people struggle so heavily to do is to literally do exactly that. Put their ego to the side, take advice from somebody who's Better than you in some way, you didn't even know his dude was, you just knew he wrote a book. Yeah, so you're like, Okay, I guess I can take advice from him. That's amazing, that's like right. that. I, I didn't know that, and that's gold. That I, is amazing.
1: I think, uh, and I'm a big believer now that I have like kind of been down the road. It's my 10th year in the industry, so I'm a big believer that like every door, every interaction, every summer, every um, rep that you have, every rep that you lose, like every single thing is providing feedback mm. on areas where you can make small incremental improvements for large uh, large gains in your life. Mm. And so I'm always looking for feedback on ways that like I can like you said just make improvements in my life so that I don't experience the same thing again. Mm. And it's a big uh, just a constant constant student at this point. And that's yeah. the only way, like I, I gained confidence from that at that point, uh, at that point. Right. I yeah. fell at something I'm like, not for long. Like I just got to get the skills now. I just got to learn it now.
0: I'm assuming there's so many valuable lessons that came out of it, but probably the one that gave you the most confidence is the fact that you were, cause I was very similar, except I, I was prolonged in becoming really good. I sucked the whole year. I finished yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> um, but like to see where you were at the beginning, and then where you ended up at the end was probably a massive, and from, from what we've talked about in the past, like that's where you kind of started to form a new identity of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And like your confidence kind of stems from there, from what you've told me as well, which is so freaking cool.
1: It's funny, like uh, my, your first summer, you don't realize, like you're in an incubator, right? Like one thing that Cells does a really good job at is submersion. When you're out there, like nothing matters more than the number next to your name, right? And you see that like tear people down, and you also see that like build people up, right? Yeah. Um, and they do a really good job of like this is your life, and that's why we they end up pulling so much more production out of each out of each individual rep, including myself. Like if I wasn't in that level of submersion, I wouldn't have my my uh, the success I've been lucky enough to have. Yeah. But you, like I said, you watch people die from that from time to time.
0: A hundred percent. That's dude. That's so cool. And it's just so crazy. And almost everyone I have in, on the podcast, whether they've started a business, they're in the NFL, they're in the MLB, they're in the door to door industry, whatever it may be. There's always a breaking point where it's like something slight happened. Usually from somebody that they look up to that's, that wasn't what they wanted at the time. And imagine where you'd be had you just gone home that summer. Right. Like that's always a scary thought to me because I tried to leave my first year in the industry. I tried to leave before August. I'm like, oh yeah, like it's not, it's not going to help me either way mm-hmm. to stay out. I mean to go get ready for school. And my mentor's like, no, like you're no, you're not quitting period. Like good luck getting home. Go and get like, ready for school for three weeks. Yeah, favorite, <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> I'm like, I got to go get my apartment ready. Like yep. I got to get my car ready for yeah. school. I'm like, it was the, but I thought it was the most valid excuse ever. Yeah. So
1: the, the cool part though, about you is like, and me and everyone listening to this podcast is like your identity that you live. That is Zaza. That is Zach Anderson is a combination of the decisions in those moments. That's like, that is why you're at where you're at um, and that is like the, all of your confidence anchors from your past. When you take another L, is like I can get through this because I've gotten through those. Yeah, all of those like they boil down to those like pivotal moments that at the time we obviously a lot of times we can't see. Mm-hmm. I, I often think about like how many G's came out and worked for me that were just absolute units, and had they stuck it out, would be an, a household name in the industry. Yeah, you know, like because there's. There's a big difference between talent and ability and then grit, you know?
0: Yeah, it's 100%. Crazy. So, I mean, on that, because you're absolutely right. And that's, I was the worst. So, basically, anyone that was in in my org, had they stayed with it and outworked me, they'd be way, way further along than I am, right? But on that, it's like, okay, so then if you're trying to develop grit, that's one of the, and I like tenacity, grit, all of those things mm-hmm. that all mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you start? So...
1: For me, um, little bit different maybe than for most people, but I'll give you my best answer, right? I, uh, for a long time, I didn't have confidence. I didn't have fulfillment because like I mentioned earlier, I was always running away from hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Anytime something would come that would make me extremely uncomfortable, Whatever it may be from like a life circumstance, a financial circumstance, a relationship circumstance, a physical circumstance, going for a run or working out, anything that would like push me to that brink. I thought that with a fixed mindset, like that was my brink. And so stay away from that like barrier. Right? Yeah. Um, and now all of my confidence, m- most of my fulfillment, a ton of like just the things that make me proud of myself is my ability to like confront that darkness and, uh, and like go, I go into the lab every morning and find pain on purpose, right? Like physical or whatever it may be. Just, they say like, um, the, there's like a book, I can't remember the title, eat that frog or something like that of just like do the hard things first. And then the rest of your day is much easier. Mm. I have learned that the hard way for sure. Yeah. And so I just recommend like people ask me at this point in the summer, I'm trained up. I know my pitch. I know my rebuttals. I know my products. I've come to the training. What can I do to go have a good summer? And I'm like, get to the, get intentionally uncomfortable to the point where you're about to quit every day in some aspect. Whether that's like going and talking to um, females or going and campus recruiting, if that makes you super uncomfortable or going for a run or working out or if you're like, I got a lot of uh, buddies who are really big in the gym that I tell them like, go run because it's the last thing you want to do, right? You have plenty of confidence in your ability to pick things up and put them down. Now go do something that's going to like continually push you yeah. out of that out of that comfort zone, and as you do it, you can feel yourself improving. Yeah. And as you feel yourself improving, that's where your confidence comes from. Momentum is huge.
0: Yeah. I'm with, I'm with that hundred percent. And it's also the fact that like you said, you were going to do something and you followed through. Like that's where self-confidence is For built sure. is keeping the promises For to yourself. Sure. So I, I love that. So, sorry, I got off on a little tangent there and I, and I was curious on some things. So then first year you went out, you made your $8,000, right? Which is awesome. And honestly, as a 20 year old, that's, it's not bad. It's dude, phenomenal.
1: I wasn't mad at all. Yeah. Like I talked to kids now like dude, I only made 40 grand my first year. I'm like, bro. Like that would have taken me 16 months to make that <laughs> yeah. my first
0: year. Yeah. yeah. I was stoked. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so you went out there and then what, what happens since then?
1: So as you're beginning to like build confidence, um, a long time, to- uh, bef- for a while, like people will notice before you do. And that's what I was, that's what I meant to talk about when I was talking about how this job like put you in an incubator. I didn't realize like the personal development and the personal growth that was going on through the summer. I came home from my first summer and people started like commenting, like, "Wow, you've changed so much." And I'm like, "I've been gone for a hundred days. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, <laughs> um, and you've grown up so much. You've changed so much." And I'm hanging out with my buddies that didn't come out and do the job. They stayed home. They played it safe. And every single one of them was exactly the same version of themselves. And they noticed the change. Mm. And so, a lot like you, I was just the first homie to do it. And so, and then they saw like, okay, if if he can do it, I could probably do it too. And so that next year we went down to Southern California, lived in San Clemente. uh, Like I could see the beach from my balcony and I was like, this is it, bro. Like I'm 21 years old, nine of my best homies and my girl down there and our dog, shout out Flo. And um, (laughs) we lived down there for like five months, worked the afternoons. Like we were just there to like live life still. Yeah. Um, but because of the fact that I had learned that like inputs x plus y, I guess y plus z always equals c, whatever it is, right? A plus b always equals c. Sorry. There it is. It's that espresso. There it is. Um, <laughs> that uh, that I, I started to realize like if I just put in the work, I will get more results. It's not like no longer of, like I, these are this is who I am and this is the best I'll ever be able to do. Yeah. And so I went out my second summer, worked less, hung out with the homies, made sixty five grand, and I'm like. I'm hooked
0: right at that point. 100%. That's um, a Wall Street moment.
1: Yep. Quit my job. I work for you. And um, and yep. then that following year, that's when I actually joined Aptiv,
0: which was Altera
1: at the time. Mm. And I went from like doing pretty good at a really small company to now going like to what seemed to me at the time was like the big leagues, yep. where these guys are like um, a whole nother level of personal development and improvement. And it really was like the best thing for me at the time because it lit that like that Kindle into like a bonfire. Mm. At that time, I was the only one of my homies reading books, the only one of my homies working out and doing those types of things. Um, And within two years, it was everybody's doing it. And that's like my culture now. Everybody's like self-improvement. Everybody's working out. Everybody's reading books. Everybody's eating healthy. Everyone's waking up early. And it's that high tide raises all ships. And I was taught that like by, by mentors who I'm super lucky. And a lot of them have been on this. A lot of them have been on this podcast, which you've done a great job at. Um, and then every year it's just, grown what we've had consistently improved on the feedback that I've gotten from the prior summer on where I can improve and what I can do different. Um, and then just trying to come back a little bit more polished every single year, Yeah, taking a massive amount of L's in the industry, but those L's and building back from those L's now is what's given me like the real confidence that I have.
0: I'm glad you said that. Actually, I'm really glad you said that because a lot of people, when you hear their story, they kind of forget the fact that they have taken so many no's or they've lost so many times. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people also looking at someone in a, in a specific seat, they're like, like they just create this barrier of like, Oh, they're just different. Their life's different. I couldn't do it. But no, you said something really cool. And and that, that goes back to Bodie Gardner one time and gave a train, came and gave a training in, in summer. And he's like, he pointed at the best people in my office at this point. I still wasn't the best. I was like working up to it. He pointed at the Brad Rossiter, the Aaron Bobbick, the Nate Lords. And he's like, these three people right here, yes, they're going to go and do the best. Yes, right now they're on pace to do the best. They've gotten more no's than all of you guys combined. And I was like, oh, okay, damn, you just pay your dues. Mm -hmm. And like, that was really cool. So on that though, your, your career over adaptive, um, you went and you like blew up and dominated. You got to the point where you were, you were at one of the highest levels you could be.
1: Yeah. I was the youngest regional.
0: Yep. Youngest regional. Right. I wear that badge yeah. right now at the yeah, bib. You're, Right. Trying. You tell me how I'm, old trying you are, bro, you. I'm trying to keep up with you. I'm trying to keep up. But literally, you went and kind of reached the pinnacle of it. And one thing about your story that's incredibly inspiring and like it, it shows so much about kind of who you are, you were in a very comfortable spot in a way. Like you yeah. could have coasted extremely comfortably for a lot of years and probably got to the point where you could have comfortably retired. Yeah. But instead, you went and made a massive pivot. A few years back, like, or actually two years back, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming up on third year. Yep, coming up on year three. Yep, made a massive pivot to a totally different company, totally different industry. And obviously now knowing the outcome, it's like, oh, duh, like that was the best thing you could have done and you've capitalized yeah. immensely. But in the moment, I can only imagine. Walk me through that headspace of like, all right, I've built this empire. Now yeah. I'm going to bounce. Yeah. <laughs> like Walk me through that headspace, please.
1: Uh, Again, big difference between e- being ego and being egotistical, right? As I started to like make good money, as I started to like develop and and earn like doubling my income year over year, you've seen like the come up that happens in this job, right? Um, as I started to like have all of those things happen, I developed what I thought was like real good self-confidence, but it was just a big shiny ego based on like, the money that I made relative to my other kids I went to high school with and people who I once looked up to now looking up to me. And it was just like this constant feedback of like life telling me that I'm special. And I was, I was, dead set on that. I don't really, I feel, and I still feel like I don't really have like any sort of ceiling just depends on how much work I'm willing to do. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where we were like doing really, really well. And I was selling at the top 1%. My group was crushing it. We were growing like 70 to a hundred percent year over year, over year, over year, over year. Um, And I just kind of got to the point where like enemy of great is good. And I was like, dude, I'm at the time 25 years old and like, is this really the, do I just want to get really, really good at one thing or do I want to get really, really good at one thing and then take that to another level of difficulty and see if I can dominate there Yeah. and then get really, really good at the next thing and the next thing so that I can continually improve. Yeah. I grew up watching people like Casey Boz and Bodie's and Kyle Nielsen shout out great elbow that was on here and a lot of the other mentors um that were older than me doing big things when I was getting in the industry and you had those as well um and one thing that I constantly watched is like these dudes don't just dominate one thing like Mm. like they dominate everything like Casey's a incredible husband he's an incredible father he's an incredible friend he's an in, he's in great shape he's an incredible investor he's an incredible leader and i don't just want to be the jack of one trade i want yeah. to be i want to really do like as much as i possibly can in my finite amount of time on this rock
0: i mean dude that's like the coolest not even the coolest but that's like you have to be so in tune to be able to go and kind of yeah. take that jump as well. You avoid, you avoid the biggest cutthroat, which is complacency, which yep. is a struggle for a lot of people. Yep. And, and I guess, I guess my question on that would just be like, how do you, how did you recognize it yeah. in the moment? Because there are so many things going on and, and it's so easy to get complacent, like yeah. so incredibly easy. How did you recognize it? I now know how you made the decision. You had examples, but how'd you even recognize it in the moment?
1: I think I have like a gift, um, of being able to pick up patterns and I'm always like dissecting people who like I'm chasing. Right of like, where's the similarities in these people? And obviously, I'm older than you, but I look up to you in a ton of ways. Um, same with Cade Randall, same with Kyle Nielsen, all these people that I keep uh, that I keep talking about. And one of the things that I realized early, early on, was like, for those of you that are watching right now, like, how do you? Someone says like, describe Zach. It's like he's completely his own person, right? It's not like he can't be, oh, he's kind of like this dude, right? Someone says, describe Cade. It's completely his own person, right? Yeah. Or Kyle Nielsen. Like, who else is dressing up like Buddy the Elf? Yeah. And like making it a thing, right? Where he has his own page and he's homies with Jordan Clarkson and all these people. And Casey is such an individual and Bodie's such an individual. And what they do is they like live in their truest identity. And mm. that's what makes them magnetic is because all the people that follow you— In a sense, look up to like how comfortable you are in your own skin. And that didn't just happen, right? Mm. But like your identity and who you actually are is like you're one of one. And that's what makes you admirable because everybody wants to feel like they can be one of one and still be loved and still like Mm. be followed and those types of things. And so what I realized is like these dudes are, they know who they are and they're not willing, they're not they are willing, excuse me, to bet on themselves. Yeah, They are willing to think that like, if I'm a stud here, I can be a stud there too. And one of the patterns I picked up on was the, you're really, really good, but not good enough to go dominate somewhere else. And that's like the, that's like the rhetoric in the industry that I was at before I came to Vivint was like, it's an easier sell and you know, the reps can't produce. And it's almost like, so it's saying like, I can't, recruit the type of people that can sell that, or I'm not capable of doing that. Yeah, And I'm like, you know, if they don't know, put on a show, like, let's go see if we can make it happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got way too much finite amount of time for me to play it safe.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. And that's the fact that you were even looking for that pattern and recognized it and acted on it is like, that's a miracle in and of itself. And it's obviously gone and kind of proven you're, you're by far one of, if not the fastest growing group within the company like you're 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 dominating so it's really Thanks, really cool Thanks, so now now you sit in the seat you sit in you're dominating everything like that and your story relates to a lot of people in a lot of ways so to kind of go back and kind of figure out okay how can the things that you've gone and learned how can you go dissect those and, and help other people not fall into the same slumps or avoid them or learn quicker whatever it may be for people yeah. listening so i guess my my first question for you winding back to early on when you were very dependent and I know you don't talk heavily on it, dependent on prescriptions and due to crippling anxiety, yeah. the, these things that where you feel like they're defects. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in my mind, kind of what I've learned and all my friends never out here ADD being like the biggest, most apparent thing that everyone has. It's like, dude, I, that is like the biggest superpower in mm-hmm. the world. <laughs> like truly, I, sure. I, I truly, that's the way I kind of view it now. Yeah. But what advice do you have for people where it's like, They feel like they're at a disadvantage because of something completely out of their control. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone in that situation?
1: I think that like your mind goes to prove you right at all times, right? And so if you're telling yourself a story of like, I am dealt a a hand that is less than somebody else who's winning and therefore I cannot, Mm -hmm. my advice to you would be try to find somebody who's truly winning that got dealt the perfect hand. Because like, again, you're going to find what you're looking for and you can't find a Zach Anderson. You can't find a Tony Robbins. You can't find any sort of dog in their industry that doesn't have a, a long story of overcoming hard shit. And so, again, like I just I felt like that was I was the only one. Mm-hmm. And that's why those books helped so much as I was like, oh damn, there's a whole industry around people who like feel like they, they have things that they need to improve on and need to grow on. Like, I didn't even know there was a self-help section. Like back in my day, Instagram yeah. came out when I graduated high school, but I was old. Um, <laughs> and like, there's no TikToks of like Jordan Peterson and all these fire things that we have at our fingertips. Right. Yeah. And so like, I read one book, I'm like mind blown. Yeah. And, um, I just think the the biggest thing is like, you the like you said it earlier, like confidence isn't cheap, because your ultimate superpower lies within you actually being able to be confident. That's why the price tag on it is so high, and that's why mm. it's so rare. Mm. Because if everybody had it, then like it wouldn't be a special, right? Yeah. And so they they make the the barrier to entry of of real true, I love myself, I am capable, deep confidence very, very high yeah. so that like most people are climbing that mountain and think they'll never get there and it's two feet from gold. And so I just mm. think that the best thing that someone can possibly do is give themselves a reason to be confident. Like if you're not confident. Expand
0: on that a little bit.
1: So for example, um, I, let's say I'm unhappy with like my physical appearance. We'll give myself a reason not to be. I need to go that I need to change inputs, right? I think of everything in life like a funnel, right? And at the bottom of that funnel, like the ingredients that I'm putting into that funnel is going to make a cake, right? Like yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the option of deciding how good the cake is, right? But all I can focus in on is the inputs that I'm putting into said funnel, mm-hmm. right? And so if I need confidence, I, I just look around at like, what are confident, confident people doing daily, And then I go put those things in my funnel and my cake will bake itself.
0: I love that. I I mean, that's, that's gold. That's like the secret that is like the number one secret, the most common trend. Yeah. And and what do you think the importance of understanding that is like, because I know what the importance is for me and being extremely anxious and stress gets to me and it affects me heavily. Like when I can just kind of compartmentalize things and be like, okay, controllables uncontrollables and put my focus there. It does a lot for me, but why do you think that's so valuable? Why? Like, what is, what effect does that have on a psyche?
1: I think a lot of people, um, they, they live in this sense of like, it's out of my control. And I think that like one of the things that I admire so much about your story, right? Is like first year you got done, the feedback you got was I need to improve on my skills. I need to improve on my grit, my dedication. And so you were like knocking when nobody else was in Utah, like small town Utah, going out on Saturdays and shit, right? And one of the things that I don't that I think is co- commonly overlooked is you went to people who were doing what you wanted to do and you put your ego aside and said, they are, they know things that I don't. And so I need to learn from them. Right. I need to be open to their influence. Yeah. And very, 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 very often people like to think that they're coachable, but they're really not like, Mm. how many people do you know, come to a home opener, come hear a world-class speech from somebody who's really doing it and change absolutely nothing like the 90% dude. 90%. 90%. I get like angry because, uh, it, like, it fires me up because, like, I look around and I am paying attention more than the people who are bitching that they're not growing. And I'm like, dude, how can you not patterns, right? Like how do you, yeah, not, do see you not recognize this? We're listening to like world-class speakers. And I look over and homie's like on DoorDash for 30 minutes. And I'm like, what is your favorite thing? He's like, I don't know, man. I didn't really gain much. And I'm like, well, here's my four page of fire notes that I'm going to implement tomorrow. Yeah, Because I know that it's like, um, and, and uh, Poppy says this a lot. It's like knowledge is potential. And the application mm. of knowledge is power. Mm. And so first thing I need to do is I just need to go learn from people who are better than me. And there's things that I learned from you. There's things that I learned from everybody. But I think what I do a good job at is trusting you and the fact that you've done it more than the fact that I think I know how to do it and then plugging it in. And just like that book, just fully committing to the fact that like, okay, this is going to work now because they're doing it. It's working for them.
0: Exactly. Dude, that's so good and I anyone especially anyone in the industry or trying to start a business or anything like that, success leaves breadcrumbs and you are not different from the other guy no matter how bad you think your circumstances are. If they did it, you can do it and if they're going to tell you how to do it and you copy and paste it, there's literally a 0% chance you fail if you if you execute how they did. For sure. Which is so you can't powerful. control
1: the timeline. Mm. You can't control the timeline of when it's going to happen. And if you could, you'd have it all right now.
0: Because that that's actually the part where I think people get lost. Mm-hmm. I do think there are, and I said 90% don't do anything, but I do think there are a very large group of people that'll go, they'll get advice, they'll mm-hmm. semi-believe it, and then they'll semi-try it. And what I mean by that is maybe they try it all out for a week. Yeah. Or, or even for two six weeks, months. Or for six months, or for three months, or for yep. half a summer. Yep. And then they're like, F it, it's not working yep. for me, and they bounce. Yep. And you have to literally have it in your mind. It like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this for the next 10 years if I have to. And the second you commit to that happens sure, way it. quicker yeah, than it would have. For
1: sure. Uh, one thing I tell people all the time, dude, and it's like, how many years you've been doing this? Is year seven for me. Okay. Uh, it took me five years of recruiting to retain one person that's here today. <laughs> and so it's like, if, if I would have told myself like, bro, you're going to blow through five teams and recruit and retain nobody that will be there on year 10, mm-hmm. then I would have been four years in thinking like, well, shit, like this never going to happen. Yeah. You know? Um, but I was stuck to, I'm, I'm just committed to the inputs and I just know, like, I can't control the outcome. I spent the first 20 years of my life worried about the outcome and overlooking the inputs. Yeah. And so when I started focusing on the inputs and not worrying at all about the outcome, like unpopular belief, people ask me like, what do you want to do this summer? as many as I can bro like I don't a lot of people are like dude I live for the competitions I love competitions they're great but I am committed to just like showing up at 100 whether I can win a t-shirt or a trip or nothing because yeah. I am committed to those inputs like I don't need a specific thing for me to show up and work hard. I'm gonna work hard because I'm intrinsically motivated enough to do so. Yeah. Because I know that like it creates a beautiful life long term. Yeah. And way too many people are working for like what their life's gonna look like next year. Yeah. And not working for like what their life's gonna look like in four or five or six years.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. So then I have a question for you. And this is like one of my favorite, it's a very open question and it and it helps like kind of really tell who someone is. And it's also a different answer from a lot of people. And just so everybody understands listening, like you, you are one of the people where the philosophy that you have for life, I actually look up to agree with and strive to like develop more than probably most people that are around me. Like genuinely, I really, really, really do. Um, And it's because of a few conversations we've had. So my question for you is you sit in a really, really exalted position in your industry and in life you're, what most look at and say, like, you, you've kind of made it at, at the age that you're at doing what you're doing. You mm-hmm. absolutely have. But I have a question that, that, that I love. And that would be if you were to define success, like if you were to go and like wrap it up and tell someone what success is and teach yeah. success, if you're in yep. charge of teaching what success means, how would you define it?
1: So I think this kind of goes back to like the reason I picked the name, um, prodigy for our group. Is because and, and kind of goes back to what I've even mentioned before is like what one thing that I don't I've always been kind of really conscious of is like the finite amount of time that I have. Yeah. Right? Like I love like my parents and my best friends and my wife and my kids so deeply. Like and I know that eventually like the lights turn off and it's like it's that's the end of the movie. And yeah. and I don't I I, I I almost have a fear of like missing out on what could be. Like how how deep and rich my life can possibly be. Yeah. And so when I talk about like being a prodigy, it's not like when I think of someone who's like a prodigy, like they are they execute in every aspect of their life. And Mm -hmm. so when I think about like success, it's like what the ultimate version of myself as a friend, like the best friend that I can possibly be. The ultimate version of myself as a mentor and a leader, like the Mm. best I can possibly take care of my people, the best ultimate version of myself as a dad and as a husband and as a salesperson and in my physical health and like my mental health and like how much I give and care. And like I want to be able to max out every single thing so that like when it when the lights do turn off. If I can go rate every aspect of my life that is important to me and that I can measure, I I didn't leave a stone unturned. I don't want to have the money, but not the family. And I don't want to have the family, but not the money. I don't want to have the vacations, but not, you know, I, I want it all as much as I can possibly get. Um, and I'm very happy with my life, right? Um, but it's like Ed Milet talks about blissful dissatisfaction. Like yeah. I am blissful in my day-to-day life. If it didn't get any better, like I'm already so amped. Yeah. But I have I have built this like – I, I know how to make it better just by working on inputs. Yeah. And so like, why would I not continually work hard? Do I yeah. want to be the dude that has inc- is in incredible shape right now and then is completely out of shape at 50? Like, no way. I want to have great health always. I want to have a great relationship with my kids always. I want to mm. have great friendships always. And so success to me is like, take your pillars of life that are truly important to you and ball out in all of them.
0: Yeah. All of them. Well, you, and you mentioned Ed Milet, your, your definition of success completely follows like his heaven and hell his mm-hmm. his philosophy on yeah. heaven and hell. Heaven is getting to heaven and looking your potential in the eyes and not seeing a difference. Yeah. And hell is looking your potential in the eyes and not recognizing yeah. them. And that that's, I mean, you just said it better than I could have a hundred percent. That's awesome. So
1: I actually went to Ed Milet's uh the first and only time i think he did 10x growth conference down in vegas the mm-hmm. weekend that he launched his instagram and so, like, there was no Ed Milette. and all of a sudden, this dude comes out on the stage, tan as you've ever seen, right? Like, tan is gonna be the sickest tattoo on his yeah. shoulder. <laughs> yeah, sick tribal tattoo, yeah. dope in two thousand and one. <laughs> Hair slicked back, dyed black, obviously, and is just spitting absolute fire. And I remember, like, I made me emotional, like, I cried. Yeah. And he was just hitting me with like, that's why I talk about like I got a big heart, like that kind of stuff really speaks to me. One yeah. of one of the things that I I'll go to like. Uh, I love like the the self development, so I love to go hear somebody speak. I love to go like be motivated by other people. Yeah, and I'm somebody who's like easily influenced by those things. Like I look around at my homies, like, did you hear that shit? Yeah, and they're all like barely paying attention. I'm like, bro, I'm, like, pay attention, bro. This is so good, <laughs> um, and I, I enjoy that because I I like being uh, like a a confident, excited focused version of myself.
0: Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I love that. And I'm, I'm the same way. I've cried to Ed Mila actually, when he came and presented three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was, I was bawling in my seat. Was that last year?
1: 2022.
0: Oh, wow. I I look back to- Power my, One More. My, yeah, Power One More. My co-manager, Lamb, shout out Lamb, yeah. balling his eyes out, look over Big Jake Lords, balling yeah. his eyes out, and I just broke down dude. Yeah. I lost it. That was amazing. Yeah. For anyone who has not already gone and checked out Ed Milet, that's like, he's well, the guy. Yeah, he, he's the guy, sure. 100%. Go
1: back to his old podcasts where it's just him talking. His
0: solos. Dude, you'll find invaluable life information. It's so, nice. he only does a few of those. Like every once in a while, he'll drop a solo, but his old, old ones, are they're so, so good obviously the the name of the podcast is today's the day and i think you actually incorporated that really really well in what you were saying the the idea of Today's the day is the exact same as the way you look at the lights turning off you have no idea when it's going to happen you have no idea whether you have tomorrow but one thing you know for sure is you can't change yesterday yeah so today's the day like this is what you've got and typically i have people go and kind of explain what that means to them and how they've got there how they've arrived there but you answered that perfectly already so i do have a question for you though that i think is is Another really big indicator of, of how people view the world and what they're going to go and do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's something I do do quite a bit. So it's the the tombstone test, basically, like you go and, and I've actually written it out multiple times. Like if you did die today, God forbid it happened. Yeah. But if you were to go today and you got to attend your funeral as a spirit and yeah. see like what people would write on your tombstone, what is important to you? Like there's only so much room on a tombstone. Yeah. You can't go say everything, but you can't, you can't go say the really important things. And what would you want to be sure it says on yours?
1: So, um, I have been funny enough, like growing up in my childhood, preteen, teenager, high school, out of high school. Like I truly feel like there's been so many versions of Jason Shaw. And I think there's people that will attest to that. Like if you, if I went to high school with you, bro, I'm sorry. Right. Like I, uh, I've changed so much along the way on purpose. Um, and as I've identified how, uh, things that are important to me, uh, those are like the key aspects of who I am right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the things that it would say for sure is, uh, passionate and intense. Like if I if I care about somebody or I care about something, like I will ride for that thing or that person until the death. Like sometimes to my own fault, right?
0: Hundred percent. Um,
1: very very passionate about anything that like it really lights a fire, and I really really enjoy having the odds stacked against me now because I know that like the ball's in my court and I'm just standing behind the half court just dribbling. Like you guys ain't seen nothing yet, right? Um, for sure loving. I, uh, I I wasn't that for a long time because I thought it was like weak, right? Um, and then as I've gone through all the things that connected me to Doug and alchemy and all the changes in that aspect of my life, I realize that like the ultimate masculinity is someone who can like love very deeply, right, and protect, mm-hmm. right. And so I care a lot for my friends. Like I, I don't, I don't have a huge circle on purpose, but like people like you and other people who are in my circle, like the the type of friend that someone says something about, I'm like I'll get in a fight with you, not there, just offending somebody, right? Yeah. Um. So deep, deep, like loyalty and love. And then I think hopefully one of the things that it would say is just, um, hard worker for sure. I yeah. I have a badge of confidence in the fact that like, um, for a long time I knew I wasn't as good as people, but I knew I could outwork them. Yeah. And it's like, you can't measure the fight in the dog. And like, there's so many times where we recruit somebody and we're like, oh, bro, rookie of the year. And then two weeks later, it's like, where'd that kid go? They ship out. (laughs) They break in their home. (laughs) Yeah. You come get it, come to his apartment and everything's folded up on his (laughs) bed. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's just really no way to tell. And so I think that like, again, if people would have looked at you your first year, and now
0: fast forward six summers deep. Even if they look at me still, it's like, uh, well, we don't know what's going to happen. This kid's, this kid's too humble. But
1: um, if they would have looked at me year one or if I would have looked at me year one and someone said, like, what's your wildest dreams in this industry? I wouldn't have. I would not never have thought I was here. Yeah. Right? Like, even when you asked me to come on this podcast, I'm like the absolute sharks and dogs of the industry are on this podcast. Like you've done, and I have to take a second to congratulate. You've done an absolutely incredible job with this. Thank you. And you have people bringing real value and like people who are not just like kind of doing it, but people who have been doing it coming in and shedding serious game changing light. Yeah. And the le- one of the things I love about Za is like, if, if he's doing it, he's doing it. Like he's putting his soul into it. Right. Meraki. And, um, and I love to see like you guys have just done the production team, everybody. It's it's like an
0: incredible yeah, thing. On that I mean, first off, thank you so much, especially for that shout out. But yeah, on that I have to go and say ninety-eight studios, the boys behind yep. behind the table that no one could see in the little basement down here they, I mean, they make it all happen. For so sure. it's only what it is because of them. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for that. And then uh, another slight plug as well, because you mentioned it a little bit, the alchemy. So alchemy sales coaching is another place where me and Jay Shaw connect, um, on a different level. We're both coaches within that. And we're both members in it as well. Yeah, I still yeah. participate. I still go sign up for my calls with mad yeah. <laughs> dog, Doug, everybody. Um, so if you want any, we've said it before in the ads, obviously for me, any, any one-on-one coaching, I do it all exclusively through alchemy. Same as Jay me Shaw. As well. So, um, um, dude, it's insane. Every time I look up and I see a clock, it's like it's literally already been an hour. I want to be super respectful of everyone's time. You flew in, you're, you got to fly out literally tonight. Yep. Um, so I want to be respectful, but uh, again, dude, thank you so much. This was absolute fire, and I know Lamb's gonna be happy Let's if not anybody else. Lamb. But so valuable so many golden nuggets and and i appreciate you man thank you so much
1: thank you guys uh first i was nervous um but you know that imposter syndrome but i'm just honored to be able to share and shed some light on like what's worked for me over the years on a stage with so many dogs who sat in this chair so bro thank you 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 deserve to
0: be there bro everybody thanks for tuning in much love until next time Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, As always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend and please go show your love. We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you. And I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend until next time.